Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Toogie's Take Podcast. We are all here, Sin, Endo, myself, and today we are going to break down the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are set to begin tonight. We were able to get the fellas together a day early for the sake of recording this show because it had to be done because you can't break down the playoffs once the action already starts. It's cheating. The Bruins are going to be up one nothing on the Carolina Hurricanes by Tuesday morning. It's going to be a great time. Uh, <laughs> You're going to eat those words. Watch. I God, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, but yeah, hey, Endo, how you doing? How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was great. Um, I, I found the luxuries of having a couch, and that's great. I, I, we, I talked about this before, and I'm like, guys, having a couch is great. They were like, yeah, I have a couch. Like, and since like, yeah, I have a couch. I didn't have a couch for two years since I moved to this new place. I just, I just didn't. And like having like the first sleep on the new couch, perfectly amazing. Yeah. yeah so how are you like, doing today? I'm tired, but uh, overall pretty damn good. And uh, I don't know if I'm making it to my open mic tonight. I've just been. Uh, well, uh, it's a little bit of 2K10's fault, but also on top of that, I've been quite busy. A lot of casts, still trying to put out videos, work, and then been mm-hmm. preparing, doing a lot of shit to get ready for the re- release of my single too. So it's like, damn, like I need to go to need to go play live and promote my shit, but at the same time, man, I'm just tired. <laughs> busy and uh, busy times for us all. I've had a couch yeah. for two years. It's the best couch. Much better couch. I had a good couch, and then the girlfriend's cat decided to use it as a scratching post. Oh, yeah. Should make that fucker pay rent. Your girlfriend or the cat? <laughs> the cat. Okay. Jesus. Oh, well, with that, <laughs> with that, we will pretty much get down to business on today's show. Like I said, we are going to exclusively be talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs, with the exception of mentioning... Uh, our lovely sponsor, of course, at Manscaped. You can use code Toogie at checkout for 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping when you use the code Toogie at manscaped.com. Get yourself some circular deodorant, shampoo, conditioner, every tool you need to shave your face to take care of ear and nose hairs. Shave your sack. So do what you got to do. So high quality. Manscaped. You didn't take God. it out of the tube this time, so we're making progress. <laughs> oh, you know yeah, what? for those not watching on the video portion. No, no it. Don't. <laughs> leave it in the tube. That's like liquid gold. It's not even a liquid. It's an in-between. It's a... How do you describe deodorant? Is it a liquid or a solid? It's absolutely yes. a solid. But what if it melts? But it's squishy. Then it, well, I mean, <laughs> fucking, you can say, is gold a solid? Potentially. But what if it melts? <laughs> is this water bottle solid? What if it melts? What if how it melts, assists, though? But how many assists? <laughs> Code to yeah, check out manscaped.com. We thank them very, very much. Guys, first and foremost, how goddamn weird is it that the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting tonight? Weird. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, kind of bizarre. After the way the last couple of years have gone, I mean, these years flown by, but like, huh. we've been also so used to, I don't know, just different. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's but with, I mean, my, like with everything we've gone through with like the bubble yeah, and like we're I'm so thrown off to what feels normal. 
that like we technically mm. had a normal season. Even though I think feel like the playoffs are starting later than they usually would. Now. They are. Yeah. yeah. Normally they would have started about two or three weeks ago. Yeah, that's what I thought. But uh, which is why like when I when I remember like oh my god it was almost you know three years to the day that San Jose did the thing against Vegas. I was like, you did that in the playoffs. Wait a sec. Uh, my math and yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. So that's kind of how it's gone. Uh, but interesting and. I'm excited. There's so many things that have flown under the radar, like that we've kind of talked about already, like Kachuk hitting 100 points. Like there's and who else? Like it was point per game. I was looking at this list of point per game players that no one fucking knows was point per game because there's so many interesting stories. And now Hmm. I can't remember the name, but it was like someone who had like 80, 82 points or something and was just completely. I don't think you heard about him once this year. Now I can't remember the goddamn name. So this little segue is Matt Duchesne. No, we talked about Duchesne. <laughs> Toogie to the rescue. Uh, let's see, around 82 points. Sam Reinhardt in Florida. Yeah. Tarasenko, Lias Lindholm, Crosby, Gensel. Yeah. Philip Forsberg had 84 points in 69 games for Nashville. Uh, Victor Hedman was over point per game, as was Kale McCarr as defenseman, but they were totally overshadowed. By Roman Yossi. Kevin Fiala had 85 points in 82 games. Again, like, no one cares about Fiala. I mean, not, all right, I don't mean it like that, but you know what I mean? Like, the media, the media don't give a fuck. Yep. They weren't talking about Kevin Fiala. Okay, here's the one thing I want to do. Top 10 in scoring in the NHL this season. You two get to work together. Name the top 10 scorers this season. Overall scorers, not position. Just overall. Okay, well, Point total. McDavid. Yes, who was number one, of course. Dreisaitl. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Dreisaitl's thir- uh, fourth. Mitch Marner's tenth. Yeah, yeah Matthews is going to be in there. He was sixth. Um, Yossi. Roman Yossi was 11th. Oh. He finished one point outside the top ten. Oh, fuck you. Stammer. Stammer's in there. Stamkos was seventh, yep. Nice. yep. Okay, um... The fact you haven't named two or three yet, and even four, is stunning. Oh, Huberto. Huberto. Yeah. Huberto was third. Goudreau's there as well. Goudreau was second. Yeah. Both of them had 115 points. Technically, Huberto should be ahead of him. He did it in less games, but it's just how NHL.com ordered it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How many are we missing? uh, You're missing four, five, eight, and nine. See, all four Kaprizov, of them. Kaprizov. What? what the fuck? Of course, Kirill Kaprizov, number five. Yes. Now all three remaining guys are on Western Conference teams. Oh, good. I should know this, which means I don't. You should. <laughs> uh, there's see. like a there's a stupid name there. There's a stupid name. He's like you're thinking. Yeah, he's there. J T. Miller. J T. Miller is number nine. Whoa. What? Can't believe you got that. That was the X factor. 99 points in 80 games to the Vancouver Canucks. That's impressive. He's the ultimate. Team. How the fuck were you that good? And we never heard about you. And it's because right? obviously Vancouver was on the outside looking yeah, at all season what, long. We're missing one more, right? At this point. Uh, ye, two? Okay. two. Matthew Kachuk. Matthew Kachuk was number eight. Yeah. And you're missing number four. Western Conference. Big name. I don't think either of you said him yet. If you did, I apologize. Um, Western it's big name. Tarasenko? No, you said that already. Not Tarasenko. No, he only had 82. <laughs> uh, fuck me, man. Fuck me. Hold on. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. What number? Oh, yeah. Number no, four. No hints. No, because you, you said you said Connor McDavid. 
And then you yeah, said and dry sidle. Okay, so you did say dry sidle. Yes, I did. Okay, I missed you saying dry sidle. I had a feeling you said him, but I wasn't sure. So there you go. You did get the top ten. Good work. But uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know who 12 was? He was tied with the OCM points. Artemi Panarin. Um, yeah. I'm shocked about the JT Miller one. Of yeah. all the ones that you look at, it's like, wow, yeah. JT Miller was top nine in scoring this season. Craziness. He's going to get Absolute paid. craziness. Oh, yeah. Yes. Now, the one... Oh, well, I think he has one year left on his deal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they didn't have anyone and else that's with one year. maybe because... why they're trying oh. to move him. Oh, he but was going to get sell paid. fucking high on JT Miller right now. Like, you you should sell high if yeah. you're Yeah. Yeah, he has one year left at 525. 525. <laughs> <Five>. Sell <laughs> high. <laughs> Holy. Oh, fortunately for JT Miller, this isn't a contract year. He'd get $9 million plus at this rate. Yeah. Good Lord. Uh, the one thing I actually was going to do that we didn't, uh, in terms of updated player awards, though, like we know that, you know, Connor McDavid led the league in points, Matthews led it and got the Rocket Richard in goals. But I, th- I think in terms of, like, our updated predictions, they're probably all still the same, right? Like Roman Yossi getting the Norris. Yeah. Shesterkin probably the, weirdly, the best and the favorite. A lot of the analytics community disagree with Yossi, or at least Jay Fresh completely disagrees with Yossi getting the Norris. Which is interesting. You know what's funny is I, I didn't see that, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was like for defensive purposes. Yeah, I always considered. I granted I haven't watched a lot of Nashville, but I always considered Yost to be pretty solid on defensive end of things. At least more so than what I think of Makar. But perhaps Makar's development has just been that good over the last couple of years. When I saw him mostly as a rookie, I guess when we played against like the Sharks in the playoffs and then that follow up year. His defensive mm. game, the potential was there, but it hadn't quite developed yet. I mean, fuck if he's developed it then. Maybe and I don't know. I don't. I'm not keeping as close to tabs on Twitter, obviously, so I'm not seeing as much of the analytics stuff. But and life is much better because of it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking hell! I wish I could get off Twitter, honestly. God. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at his info for Yossi, and it is that his defense isn't amazing. It's not god awful. It's not like Tyson Berry level when Berry led all defensemen in points. What was it last year or the year before? Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, in terms of the updated awards, I mean, it is the first show of the month. Normally we do that. I, I don't really see much of a need yeah, no. uh, to do so. I think it's pretty much... Time, baby. I, we don't care for yeah, I don't know if anybody... I don't know if anybody made this, like, drastic push from April 1st to May 1st to really change much about it. And we that. already kind of changed it. I was like, I was like all aboard for Yossi to, to get the Norris over Makar, but <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Fair enough. So, let's start... In the Western Conference, we're going to go series by series, kind of give our general thoughts and who we think will walk away as the winner of each individual matchup. We will start off the number one seeded Colorado Avalanche against the Nashville Predators. Colorado, probably the biggest favorite in any opening round matchup. I mean, obviously you're talking about a team that Again, bolstered by McKinnon, Rantanen, Nazem Kadri, all over a point per game this year. Andre Burakovsky had 60 points. Kale McCarr was over a point a game as a defenseman. Uh, Devon Taves had 57 points in 66 games playing with McCarr, which is insanity. Again, it was, what, two second-round picks they used to uh, get him from the Islanders because the Islanders kind of ran out of cap space. It's a rough one. And then Darcy Kemper in goal, who rocked a 921 save percentage in 57 games. Against Nashville. No UC Sarver. Now, 
that's see that's the thing, right? We can sit here and hype up how good Philip Forsberg was. Matt Duchesne, 86 points in 78 games with 43 goals. Best season of Matt Duchesne's career. Roman Yossi finished with 96 points absurd. in 80 games. I really wanted him to get to 100, but mm, just absurd. And and then you get to the goaltending. David Riddick, 17 games played with an 886 save percentage. Connor Ingram, three games played at the NHL level with an 879 because Roman Yossi, or Roman Yossi, Yossi Saros is out. Presumably for four to six weeks with that high ankle sprain. Yeah, there, it's going to take a miracle. Like, really, Ingram or Riddick's going to have to come in and play god tier. And then even when Saros comes back, if you had someone that did that, like, do you even go back to Saros if you have a goaltender playing hot? Like, that's Nashville's in such a fucked position. I can't see them getting out of this. I'm max they win is one game, honestly, against this Colorado team, unless Colorado completely shits the bed. But I. I don't see that happening. Like without Saros, like you're you're relying on a what if. We know Saros has a good chance to go on a run with the rest of that supporting cast. Hell yeah! But with even with league average goaltending, uh, Nashville doesn't win. But without with with what they have on numbers right there, they they'd get blown out. Colorado average three point seven nine goals for per game. Nashville was over a three as well, but again. You're without UC Saros. Endo, how do you see the series going? Short. <laughs> Five <laughs> games at most. At most. They could maybe put to a six, but I, I just I just don't think they're gonna be able to do it without Saros. I just don't think so. If this if this series goes six games, should the Predators win by default? <laughs> uh it has to be said. Pity point. Pity. <laughs> I mean put up banner. I, I don't think they should. I think more or less. I think more or less Colorado loses if this goes to six games. I think that's how I would look at it. Like Colorado loses. Like you have to be able to beat this team, rest the fuck up, and hope like hell the next like Minnesota and the Blues beat the shit out of each other, which they likely should because that's uh-huh. a tight ass matchup. If you're Colorado, you need to finish this off in four or five. Stay focused and rest up and study your next opponent. Exactly. You nailed it. Colorado has no excuse to not make at least the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. You should take care of Nashville pretty quickly, and you should be able, I would say, in six games or so, finish off a Minnesota or St. Louis team that are going to go through a more difficult series than you are in round one. Anything short of a Western Conference Finals appearance for Colorado is a complete disaster of a season and a complete waste of their potential. Absolutely. So are we all going, say, Colorado in five, maybe give Nashville a game at best? That's kind of yeah. what it seems like. Yeah, I'd say that's a good consensus. Yep. Yeah. Colorado in I, five. Nashville, if, if Soros was there, I think we'd, we'd be a little bit more positive. At the same time, though, you know, for Nashville, it's been a pretty damn good season. You know, we talked about them at the beginning of the year, kind of in that Calgary role of what are you going to do, and you keep it together. I mean, even without the likes of, say, Victor Arvidsson now, and good things happen, but, yeah, it's just, it's not looking pretty, but it is the playoffs. Anything can happen. It's just we have to go with what we think is most likely to happen. Which brings us to our second matchup, Minnesota against St. Louis in what could be the most physical matchup of the first round, and that's saying something. 
Sin kind of referenced it already. The expectation is that these two teams are going to beat the living hell out of one another. For the Minnesota Wild, coming off of the best uh, season in franchise history, with probably the best player in franchise history already, just two seasons in with Kirill Kaprizov, who again had 108 points in 81 games. Uh, You had Matt Zuccarello over a point per game. Kevin Fiala was over a point per game. The concerns with Minnesota, though, for me, are the fact that, like, he had 44 points in 76 games. Do you know who their second-line center is in Minnesota? Victor Rask? No, he's now in Seattle. Oh, that's as right. weird I as that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I know nothing else but, of Minnesota besides that Marc-Andre Fleury's there now, and they have Kirill Kaprizov. Like, who is there? Hold on, hold on. Let me think who's even on that team. Uh, I would be shocked if either of you got this. To see so is it a rookie? No, twenty nine years old. <laughs> sure is not a rookie. Formerly of the Nashville Predators, it's his and the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's his first season in Minnesota. Again, forty four points in seventy six games. His best season to date. His previous high. Well, let's see. Back in 2018-19, he had four points in 55 games with Nashville. What the fuck? <laughs> we will go with Frederick Goudreau. He's their 2C. He? He's their 2C. Oh, fuck. 3C, y'all, Eric Snack, who had 49 points in 77 games. And then uh, fourth-line center for the hell of it's Tyson Jost. Oh, yeah. Colorado got rid of Jost. Yeah, so, you know, it just, it makes me wonder, it makes me question a little bit, potentially, secondary scoring, but they did have six forwards, I do believe, yeah, six forwards who hit at least 23 goals or more, so at the same time, are strong then, huh? yeah, so I mean, it's Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello, <laughs> yeah, Ryan Hartman, 65 points in 82 games, they're 1C. Fiala Goodrow, Matt Boldy, who had 39 points in 47 games. He might have won the Calder if he played the full season. Uh, Greenway, Eriksonek, and Marcus Foligno. Uh, Marcus Foligno, 23 goals, 42 points. And then Nick Delorier, Tyson Jost, Brandon Duhame on the fourth line. Yeah, here's the thing, though. What does St. Louis have? And we'll compare that directly. So the St. Louis I'm, Blues. I'm seeing a shit ton of toughness around that Minnesota lineup and one line that can outskill anyone that St. Louis has, to my knowledge. So the Blues had an NHL high 920 goal scorers on the season, which is insanity. That is actually insane. Top line, Saad, O'Reilly, Perron. Um, none of who finished with uh, over 60 points on the year, though, despite all hitting at least 20 goals. Very weird. You're going to see that line uh, out there against Kaprizov like so often, though. O'Reilly and Saad. Oh, yeah. Oh, especially O'Reilly. Yeah. Oof. Second line is Bushnevich, Robert Thomas, and Tarasenko. Lowest point total was Bushnevich with 76. So that's their big skill, the high point line. And then Barbashev, Shen, and Kairu. 24 goals, 26 goals, 27 goals. Ooh. <laughs> For your third line, man. And then fourth line, I think due to injury right now, um, like McK- I know Mackenzie McEachern's been out, uh, but their fourth line right now on cap friendly is uh, rookie Alexei Toropchenko, two points in 28 games, uh, Tyler Bozak, and Australian legend Nathan Walker. But that top nine is disgusting. That is a great top nine. 
I was the way Minnesota's built is a way I expect a St. Louis team to succeed in the playoffs. Like you have mm-hmm. a good line, but then you have all this grit down in your in your middle six. And mm-hmm. I I think the way St. Louis plays, they still got Baruba as coach. I don't think they're going to be phased by what Minnesota's going to throw at them. What, what? How about the defense? We didn't really compare that. Uh, all right. So the defense for the Minnesota Wild again, according to Cap Friendly at the time of recording this, top pair Jacob Middleton alongside nice, uh, Jared Spurgeon. Jared Jonas Brodeen. Jared Spurgeon. Oh, good boy, Jared Spurgeon. Uh, baseball, baseball. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that channel was amazing. You got him, Scott. You got it in. God. Second pair is Jonas Brodeen, Matt Dumba, and third pair currently listed as John Merrill and Dmitry Kulikov. Compared to St. Louis, Letty Pareko. Krug, Falk, Mikola, and Bortuzzo. I kind of feel like it cancels out a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, you had Krug and Falk both over 40 points. Like, in terms of the the point production, in terms of the, the physicality that they can bring, I kind of feel like that cancels out. If it's a win for one side, it's a, it's a narrow margin. And then goaltending. Confirmed starter game one for Minnesota, Marc-Andre Fleury. 908 save percentage in 56 games, of course, severely uh, dampered by his time in Chicago. Game one starter for the St. Louis Blues, Vili Husso. Bennington had a 901 save percentage in 37 games. Husso had a 919 in 40. Vili Husso has stolen the starting job, making me eat crow. He used to be my go-to example of a goalie that EA massively overrated, and now he's finally lived up to that potential. I do not know who wins this series, but I imagine it goes seven. If this yeah. goes five or less, I'd be shocked. Yeah, it has to be six or seven, and here's the thing for me. I'm, I'm going to switch my prediction, but I was initially thinking Minnesota may come out on top, but I think it's going to happen here is they're going to get off to a really good start, but the Blues are going to, I don't know. I feel like the Blues are going to wear them down. Cause it's that experience for the Blues that yeah. is kind of the X factor for me too. Yeah, like I, once they figure out that top line, like honestly, Minnesota may go 2-0 at home, but once St. Louis figures out what the fuck that top line is going to do, uh, and once St. Louis starts, you know, uh, to throw dirty hits and get away with them because it's the playoffs. I don't know if Minnesota's going to be a hang tough. Like, Flurry still got it. And that's the kind of my X factor. Like, Flurry could absolutely steal them games. But when I think of a tight game, I, I, St. Louis is probably has the advantage in that still. Like, there's still that, that kind of air about them of they're a tight checking team. They have skill when they need it, and they win those close games. Endo Mills, your thoughts. Minnesota and St. Louis. Not really sure, honestly. Like, I do think it's going to be... These teams are kind of even matched. Like we said, they're going to beat the crap out of each other. And I think the one who's... Like, whoever is going to win this matchup is going to be basically ruined for the second round because I feel like there's going to be a lot of un- undiagnosed injuries for in that lineup completely. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of giving it to um, Minnesota uh, just because I want to see Mark Andre get past this, the first round after what he's been through with Vegas 
and mm. having to deal with Chicago and their yeah. I I don't know how to view this. I really don't. I view this as perhaps the mo- I mean there's some matchups in the East where it's like okay, that's a toss up. This is the big time toss up in the Western Conference. Yeah, it is. I could see this going either way. I Still don't like either team's chances in round two, presumably against a fresh Colorado, unless the Avs drop the ball or you know Nashville puts up a really good fight. Both can be true at the same time. How do we... Endo Mills, your official view, your official pick, St. Louis and Minnesota. Minnesota. Sin. St. Louis. <sighs> <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be spiteful for 2019 and say Minnesota. Yeah, I, I, I assumed you would. I hate I hate saying St. Louis, but I've I've just been the I, victim of them, and I just feel like what Minnesota brings to the they don't have the depth. One guy on that top line goes down with injury, you're fucked. You're you're a center. What what happened? Like their center depth is awful. Are you fucking kidding me? Who's their one C? Hartman, Hartman, Goodrow, Erickson, Eck, Tyson, Jost. Fucking Ryan Hartman is your one C. And the next man up at center is probably Nick Bjugstad. Yeah, it's not 2010. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel right saying St. Louis won't win this, though. I don't. I don't feel right about Minnesota either. I think it's it's very evident how conflicted yeah, this is a t- it's uh, we are for this. That's a really tough series to predict. Mark on the hell of it. I'll needs see. to play good. I know we're gonna really see if he was you know see a product. I don't think he was a product of Vegas, man. That man is unreal. Um, how is he gonna work in the product of Minnesota, which is presumably slightly tighter defensively? Mm. At least you know, the real question is though. If if Minnesota makes it out of the first round, does Mark Andre Fleury win the Masterton? He recovered from a sword wound to win a playoff round. It's like, where is this going? Where the fuck is this going? <laughs> Pick a bow, Tuki. That was a good one. Yeah, Pete DeBoer Very ran good. out of swords, so he started using buses. <laughs> <laughs> he, he threw Laner under it. Uh. <sighs> Our next matchup: the Calgary Flames. And the Dallas Stars. Another interesting one. Calgary all season long. We talk about, okay, what are they going to do heading into it? And then Daryl Sutter and his band of merry men turn out to have the best season the Flames have seen in God knows how long. Both Johnny Goodrow and Matthew Kachuk over 100 points. Their line mate on the top line, Elias Lindholm, was a point per game at 82 and 82. All three members of that top line scored at least 40 goals. Yep. Insanity. Um, Second line. Yeah. Manjapani, Backlund, Toffoli. Not too bad. Backlund as your 2C. Eh. But Toffoli was a pretty good pickup. Third line is Dubé, Yarncrook, Blake Coleman. I like that a lot, too. Yeah, that's a great third line. Yeah. And then Lucic, Lewis, and Brett Ritchie on the fourth line to punch some faces. This team is going to raffle stomp Dallas. I'm sorry. I want Pavs yeah. to, <laughs> yeah. to do good. I would be shocked if Dallas wins a game. Look at how they fucking finish the season. Yeah, okay, they, they did the thing against Vegas too. But then look what the – well, only by blowing a three-goal lead to Arizona. Mm. First of all, in this series, I doubt they get a three-goal lead at any point. I'd, I'd be shocked if they're not playing catch-up most of the time. 
And again, this is a Daryl Sutter coach team. You think Dallas, you know, was was magic that time. They made it all the way to the cup finals and unfortunately lost because they had, oh, this incredible system and got a hot goalie. Think of the kind of system that Daryl Sutter runs. Now add in all the skill, and now we can we no longer have, have to question, will that work? It worked across the entire regular season. And in the playoffs mm. here, man, I'd I again I honestly it's it's Calgary in four or five and it needs like it should be at least. I I don't know. I don't I just don't Dallas is a one line team and that line is not very good by 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 you know, comparatively to everyone else. C- compared to Calgary, they do outperform Dallas's top line. Dallas's top line, Robertson, seventy nine points in seventy four games with forty one goals. Love him. Rupe Hints, 72 points in 80 games with 37 goals. And the ageless wonder Joe Pavelski, career-high 81 points in 82 games. It is a fantastic line. But as I said, every single member of Calgary's top line scored 40 goals. Yeah. Just on another level, at least heading into the playoffs. The rest of Dallas's forward lines, Ben Sagan-Gurianoff. Any guesses on how many points Ben and Sagan put up this year? 55. Under for both of them. Wow. Holy shit. Jamie Ben, 46 points in 82 games. Woof. Sagan with 49 and 81. Woof. How is that possible? Both of them making uh, at least $9.5 million a season. Also, you know, Rick Bonus is a horrible coach, clearly, because that should not happen. Yeah, that's another factor. Is as uh, as magical of a run as they did go on, has he kind of gone past his expiration date? Uh, Dennis Gurionov's the third member of that second line. He had thirty-one points in seventy-three games. Their third line, uh, channel franchise channel legend for me, Joel Kiviranta, seven points in fifty-six games with one goal. Uh, Radic Faxa, nineteen points in seventy-seven games, and Luke Lendenning, sixteen points in eighty-two. And a fourth line of Michael Roffel, 16 points, Vlad Nemesnikov, 30 points, and Alex Radulov, 22 points with four goals in 71 games. Your fourth line is outperforming your third line. Correct. Radulov. I, I, yeah, I, I honestly, that's the thing with Dallas is that you almost forgot Ben Sagan and Radulov existed. And that's why, like, eh, they could be X-Factors. But also, why aren't they performing in this system? Why aren't they performing on this team? They're making so much money. Uh, let's see. Between the three of them, you have Jamie Benn at $9.5 million. Yep. Sagan is at 9.85. And Radulov on the fourth line is at 6.25 or $25.6 million. $25.6 million for a combined 117 points. Reminder, Johnny Goodrow had 115 on his own. Yeah, and on 7 mil. Or whatever the fuck he's making. Pretty sure it's 7. Gap whale! The like, gap yeah. between these offenses on paper is astronomical. Yeah. And let's talk about the defenses, because Calgary ain't too bad. <laughs> Calgary's defense. Top pair, Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson. 48 points and 50 points, respectively. Second pair, Sheelington and Tanev. Both at about 30 points. And a third pair of Nikita Zadorov and Erica Branson. Average height of uh, six foot five and a half. <laughs> 
22 points for Zadorov, 17 for Kabranson, and I don't believe they've been that bad defensively. Probably not. Because they're playing in a system that suits their style. Yeah, I was going to say, Sutter is not going to be, he's not going to pull a 2015 Chicago. Those guys are getting out there plenty. <laughs> he's not, he's not chemo teaming inning either one of those guys, man. The Stars defense, Suter and Haskinen. Now, I love Miro Haskinen. I still think Ryan Suter's great, too. They were both in the 30-point range. That's shocking for uh, Haskinen. I really have expected him to, to really start to take off. But again, it's like, what's up with this Who's Dallas scoring team? for him up front yeah. to rack up those assists? Exactly, yeah. And also, yeah, it's the assist. It's, yeah, product of a system. He's a great two-way player. Haskinen, I, I still think, is one of the better two-way defensemen. But he's just not giving a chance to shine that offensive side of it. Here's what really speaks to me. Second pair is John Klingberg, Essa Lindell. 25 points for Lindell, 47 points for Klingberg, led all defensemen in points for the Stars. Lindell is a team best plus four for that defensive setup. His pairing, Klingberg, is a minus 28. Oh. How the fuck does that even work? You, you see the play coming through. And then, like, you hop onto the bench immediately when you see the puck swinging that <laughs> He's end. doing the B approach thing. That's what I do. Yeah, like, the shit, hop in the other way. Get off. Get the get off. Oh, fuck it. I do, that sh- I do that shit in beer league. I don't, want, I don't, want, ba- I don't want bad bad line defense. <laughs> Their third pair is currently listed as 20-year-old Thomas Harley, Harley Thomas. Four points in 34 games. And former Ducks legend Yanni Hockenpah. Uh, who had 12 points in 80 games so, as a defensive defenseman. They're likely to shorten with, the bench uh, at some point. Yeah. I mean, they have Andre Sakara and Joel Hanley as other defensive options. And the goaltendee, goal, who's the goal? Oh, yeah, it's uh, Ottinger. Ottinger? It's Ottinger. Yeah, he had a 9-14 in 48 games. It's Wedgwood behind him because Holtby is hurt. Uh, the other side is Jacob Markstrom, obviously, with a yeah. 9-22. Calgary is better. On paper, yeah, they should everywhere. stomp their fucking yard on paper. Like this should not it should be close. It, they're in Colorado territory. It yeah. should be done within five at the latest. Yeah, they're, they're absolutely. And I would say I, I, I'm still going to stick with it. I'll be shocked if Dallas wins a game. I really, I love Pavs. I fucking love the guy. This team ain't it. They got to get a new coach. Completely agree. Um, you know, I. It's the magic of the playoffs. Like, hey, I'm not sitting here saying there's no chance, like 0% that Nashville could beat Colorado. They could. Dallas could beat Calgary. It's not a bet you take unless you have fucking free money to burn. You put a fiver to win 250. Go ahead. But let's be honest. If your life depended on it, you're not betting on the Dallas Stars in this. That's kind of how we're viewing it. Uh, I go Calgary in five. Endo? Mm, Yeah. I agree. (laughs) I agree. I I don't see I like these next matchups that we're fa- that we're gonna be talking about. They, they seem one sided as fuck. I'm gonna be very honest with you guys. They seem very one sided, and I think it's definitely gonna be Calgary going through this one. Yeah, I'm gonna say four, Calgary if four. not five. Yeah, four if not five. It's gonna be a very short series. I'm saying four, and I will be disappointed if a Daryl Sutter led Calgary team with the amount of skill that they have does not sweep a team like Dallas who's looked so lackluster, who blew a three-goal fucking lead to Arizona at a time when they could have clinched. They could have knocked Vegas the fuck out. They took their foot off the gas. You can't do that. You can't do it. Kids, you don't do that. Our final Western Conference matchup, the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. Now, we all know the kind of 
narrative that we're looking for here. It's for the Oilers to stop blowing it all the time. And they have been better under Jay Woodcroft. Imagine that. You get a head coach who isn't completely cooked, and uh, they don't hold back your team. Imagine that. Uh, the Oilers, top line, Vander Kane, Connor McDavid, Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, Vander Kane with 39 points in 43 games as an Oiler. It was never a question as to whether or not he was talented on the ice. It's everything off the ice with that guy. McDavid, of course, led the NHL in points with 123. Pugliarvi only 36 points in 65 games, but he really is kind of that defensive specialist that allows McDavid and Evander Kane now to just go. And he play drives. He really does play drive. If you look at his analytics, he's a really good play driver, and it's very odd that Edmonton media is, like, shitting all over the guy. Yeah, I I don't understand it. But I mean, I guess because he's... The points matter, you know? Well, maybe if they watch the games, like they tell everyone else. <sighs> use to. your eyes. Use eye test. You dumb fucks. Stop looking oh, at the box the score. Test. Use what the God second gave you. Those two beautiful <laughs> eyes. Analytics. I only need the eyes that God gave me. <laughs> <clears throat> Thanks, Wayne. You see, because they're in Edmonton. Uh, their second line: Zach Hyman, Leon Drysital. <laughs> I guess that got Endo. He's drinking. Uh, so, Zach, I mean, doesn't take much. Of fair this enough. Oh, Zach Hyman, like, Leon Dreisaitl, Kyler Yamamoto for their second line. Again, 110 points for Dreisaitl. Hyman had 54, Yamamoto with 41. Eh, <clears throat> but kind of not quite the same thing that Pooley does, but eh. But then their depth, I'm still, I'm not entirely sold. Warren Fogel with 26 points. Nugent Hopkins had 50 and 63, because Nuge is still really good and really underrated. Yep. And then Derek Ryan with 22 points and 75. Eh. And in a fourth line of Derek Broussard, Ryan McLeod, and Zach Cassian. Uh, who would have been all of them in the 20 to 30 point range? It's not awful. But you also compare their depth to a team like St. Louis. And it's like, man, St. Louis has better depth than Edmonton. Yep. At the same time, they're going up against the Kings offense that looks like this. Andreas Athanasiu, 17 points in 28 games with 67 points from Kopitar and 54 points with 35 goals from Crash Andrews' favorite, Adrian Kempe. I mean, you give it to the Oilers on top line. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Very least. Second line, Trevor Moore, Leafs legend, 48 points this year. Philip Dano, 51 points, 27 goals, and 49 points in 66 games from Victor Arvidsson. Not a bad second line. They don't have an X-Factor player like Leon Dreisaitl there, obviously, though. Third line, Ayafalo, Lazat, and Dustin Brown, all around the 30-point mark. 25 to 30-point mark if, I mean, Ayafalo was close to 40. And then the fourth line of Grundstrom, Quinton Byfield, and Arthur Kaliev, uh, all, again, somewhere, all below 30 points is a, is a good way to, to phrase that. You got to give it to the Oilers just for the high-end talent. Like, the lineup is probably close How about defense? towards the bottom six. Oh, we're just, we're just okay, I see. Yeah, we'll go. We'll talk defense here in a minute I thought, too. I thought but, you meant like given the series already. Yeah, I mean we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see how the defense pairs up. But just in terms of forwards, it's probably pretty close. But you got to give it to Edmonton just for that. Oh yeah, elite high end talent that yeah. they have. Yeah, they like have that's the that's their identity. The Oilers' defense. Darnell Nurse is listed as a game time decision for Game One. He is typically on their top pairing with Cody Cece. Yep, both around thirty to thirty five points. Duncan Keith with Evan Bouchard, 22 years old, quietly put up 43 points this year. 
And then a third pair of Brett Kulak and Tyson Berry, who had over 40 points again this season. And here's the difference. The Kings defense. Top pair, Mikey Anderson and Matt Roy. A combined 29 points. Alex Edler and Leafs legend Sean Dursey. Dursey did quietly put up 27 points in 64 games. And then Ole Mata with 21-year-old Jordan Spence. And of course the goaltenders, Jonathan Quick with a 9-10 save percentage. Mike Smith with a 9-15 in just 28 games compared to the 9-03 of Koskinen. I don't necessarily have faith in an Oilers defense that features Cody Ceci, Duncan Keith, and Tyson Berry, even if Ceci has been better since he's arrived in Edmonton. But without Drew Doughty, without Sean Walker, that King's defense, it's it's just not doing it for me. I, yeah. Again, I think we have another matchup here. If Edmonton lets this get to six games or beyond, it's a complete failure on this part, on their part. This should end in four or five games. Yeah. Endo, any thoughts? Any prayers? Okay, I have a thought. <laughs> uh, this is going to seven, and LA wins. Ooh. Oh. oh, spicy as hell. Blow up I'm the oh, Okay. Here's why. Um, it's the playoffs. They're going to be hooking and dragging all over McDavid, and the refs ain't going to call shit. Mm. Um, oh, you got a point there. You, you, you try to get that elite Edmonton power play out there, you're going to see that maybe two times a game, maybe three if you're lucky. Um, mm. here, here's, here's what I compare it to. You think back to the last to 2015 when the Sharks played Edmonton, and Edmonton was this young upstart team who supposedly had trash defense and trash depth. Yeah, their depth stepped up and their defense stepped up, and they beat the Sharks. And they actually went, they almost, they, I think they went se- almost seven against the Ducks in the next round. Yeah. I, I think LA is going to do this in seven. And I don't know why it's a gut feeling. I Obviously, I want to see Connor McDavid in that second round. I want to see him getting back. It's just my only X factor Mike Smith. How's he going to hold up? Is he going to do Mike Smith things? And carry that terrible defense if so then i think you guys are going to be right but i'm i'm going to stick with my gut and say kings and seven which is a i know it's weird but it's the the thing is though man you you bring about a very good point that is not just relevant to this series you know you could question if you want potentially some of calgary's depth how much can a blake coleman dylan dubay um, and Callie Arncrook line step up if Dallas is able to get away with doing what you mentioned to McDavid to the likes of Calgary's top line. Same thing for Nashville and Colorado. I think you really do have to look at the depth. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm still going with Edmonton. You should. That's a smart play. Um, I'm going with my but, gut decision. I don't. I don't think you're totally off base. I don't. I don't think you are. We'll move over to the Eastern Conference side of the bracket. We'll start off the Florida Panthers and the Washington Capitals. Do we have any thoughts before I talk about these teams in terms of how they're constructed? Um, I All I know is Jumbo's on Florida, and I want them to go all the way. 
That's my that's my main thought. But here's the thing: Capitals as a wild card too kind of shocks me. I, like the East is so stacked. Like all these matchups are going to just be closer. Uh, just mm-hmm. just in general. So like yeah, like when I think of the Caps, like yeah. Anyway, let's go over those lineups because I want I want to know what the Caps have. I kind of have a good idea of how stacked Florida is. It's kind of how stacked I get yeah. in my franchise modes. But let's see. <laughs> and then I get bounced first round because sim. There you go. Florida Panthers, Carter Verhage, Alex Barkoff, and Anthony Duclair as a top line. Barkoff, 88 points in 67 games, uh, both Verhage and Duclair in the 50s. 115 points from Jonathan Huberdeau with Sam Bennett and Claude Giroux on the Florida Panthers. Of course, Bennett around the 50-point mark, Giroux in the mid-60s. Mason Marchment, Leafs legend, 47 points in 54 games. Outrageous. Alongside rookie Anton Lundell, 44 points in 65 games. Talk about getting no respect this season. Uh, and Sam Reinhardt had 82 points in 78 games. He's on the freaking third line. Fourth line, the grit line, Lomberg, Lou Osterinen, and Patrick Hornquist. Thornton not factored in as an everyday player at the moment. Don't care. The forwards for the Caps. Ovechkin, who may or may not have a shoulder or a collarbone injury after that incident in the past week. Yeah. With Evgeny Kuznetsov and Connor Sherry. Ovi had 90 points. Uh, Kuznetsov on 78 and 79. And Sherry had 43. 71 games. Second line, Marcus Johansson, Nick Backstrom, Tom Wilson. Wilson led that line with 52 points in 78 games. Third line of Anthony Mantha, 23 points in 37 games. Again, you notice kind of the injuries and how roughed up they've been this season. Lars Eller and TJ Oshie, only 44 games played for Oshie, but 25 points. And then Johan Larson, who was acquired at the deadline from the Coyotes, 21 points in 43 games. Uh, Nick Dowd and Garnet Hathaway. There's no like, there's no denying there's there's skill in this Washington lineup. There's toughness. There's good defensive options in this forward core alone for Washington. But does Florida do it better? Um. Yeah. The, the way this this um matchup kind of goes, Florida plays a really wide open style. That's where people's biggest questions are about Florida are coming in. They play this very almost rush centric style. And it's very wide open, but they have the skill to pull it off and oftentimes speed to kind of get back. Capitals, can they count? Can they like capitalize on that? Can they slow that down? Maybe. Um, here's the thing, though. Their big grit piece is not going to get away with much. Tom Wilson is just on everyone's shit list. The first thing he does something questionable, he's probably going to get suspended for a game. So like, mm. that's not a big X factor for Caps. But if he takes a big, you know, star out and injures them, that becomes a bigger X fact. So I don't know. I feel like Florida should win, but I think this is going to go to six no matter what. I mean, depends on how severe that Ovi injury is. But I think, I, yeah, I'm saying, I'd say Florida in six, and I, don't, I haven't even heard the defense yet. But oh, oh, Ekblad's going to be out. Is that's the X factor, perhaps for the Caps? Ekblad is listed on their lineup, but. Uh, and actually, let me get the official word, because I just saw UC Soros confirmed out for the first two games, at least, for Nashville. Uh, the word with Aaron Ekblad is that he is likely good to go, but he is coming off of an injury. 
And that's the big issue. He's missed a good amount of time now. I worry about He'll be a- Wilson coming in on him on the four check, man. And because he's had concussion issues. I ugh. He'll be alongside Mackenzie Weger, which is a fantastic top pairing. Forsling and Radko Gudis, which is also pretty solid. And then Ben Sherratt and Brandon Montour. Montour quietly had 37 points this year. Washington's defense, Martin Fehervari, who is 22 years old, mm. alongside John Carlson. Another quiet season, 71 points in 78 games. Not getting the attention he deserves still as an offensive defenseman. I don't get no respect. Dimitri Orloff. <laughs> Dimitri Orloff, Nick Jensen, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and Justin Schultz. You know, I think the defense is it's in the favor of Florida so long as Ekblad's 100%, and that's a big question mark right now. Yeah. And then in goal, question mark of his own, Sergei Bobrovsky, what a 9-13 save percentage this season for Florida, not to mention a 9-08 for Spencer Knight behind him, against uh, Vitek Vanacek, presumably the starter who only had a 9-08 save percentage Where's Samsonov for the Caps. Tra- oh. Samsonov had an 8-96. He's listed as the backup on Cap Friendly. Wow, mm. uh, he... Didn't didn't Seattle take him and then trade him back, or was that Vanacek? Vanacek, that? Vanacek. Okay. that was Vanacek, and I guess it's a good thing the Caps did that yeah, because holy. holy shit! Yeah, dude, considering they're a wild card too, that could have been the they could have missed without Vanacek, mm. man. Yeah, if the uh, East wasn't as strong as it was say, at the top, and then the haves and the have-nots, then yeah. Honestly, the goaltenders for both of these sides are very questionable. I mean, not mm-hmm. not that Bobrovsky's not good, but I mean. He's also ain't living up. I think that air of that 10 mil contract is just completely like just given such a negative sort of cloud around him or just a cloud in general surrounding him where it's like, yeah, 913, not bad. How's he going to do in the playoffs? He's been so inconsistent. And Spencer Knight is young. Do you throw him mm-hmm. in? Yeah. I view this as if you were to tell me Washington's winning this series, I would believe you. You know, I look at how that team's constructed. People have been calling for their downfall, yet they still hang around. Mm. I look at that forward core, and I'm like, man, that could that could do it. I don't know if I view Florida as the most vulnerable division winner, but they are uh, certainly in my they're they're more vulnerable to me in round one than Colorado and Calgary. Absolutely, I don't know if Carolina. We'll talk about that. Florida has this is this is their series to prove they're legit. Mm-hmm. You end this before you know. You end this by game five, then okay, the hype is real. But at the same time, until then, I have that bit of doubt in my mind, and I think Washington could win it. I'm going with Florida, honestly, in six or seven, and I hope to be proven wrong. In terms of how quickly they win the series, and God forbid they lose. Yeah. And oh, Florida and Washington. Who do you think takes it? I think Florida's going to take it. Um, I think this is going to be their, their chance to prove that they actually deserve to, you know, be there with the record setting season that they've had. Um, I just, I just think it's definitely their time to step up and be the bigger uh, team in uh, Florida. I think they're going to go up and go through it. And I think there's going to be a surprise coming for us in the next round uh, with the other team we're going to talk about. Yeah, you know what? I, I, 
when we get to the next round, I'm going to have to talk about these two rounds in in kind of uh, in conjunction because there's a scenario where I that is going to be very very interesting. That your official choice though, Florida Washington. Mine. Florida. Yeah. Yeah, you already said your Zendo. Yeah, I'm I'm going. I, I still say Florida in six. I don't know. Like they're just not in some you know personal bias aside that's such a stacked goddamn lineup man like can washington survive the wave after wave after wave that's going to be bearing down on them offensive pressure has vanacek faced a team that's going to bring that to him can washington slow it down i don't think so not consistently enough so yeah i definitely say florida in six but it's washington they're going to win some games it's east it's a meat grinder i'd be surprised Mm -hmm. if any series doesn't go to six in this first round for the east like really like it's insane the second matchup in the Eastern Conference. Two teams that finished, uh, what, in the top ten? I think four and eight mm-hmm. in the league overall. Four and nine, something like that. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning. What a reward it is for Toronto to finish fourth in the league. They have the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. What a gift. <sighs> Toronto's lineup. On cap friendly as of the time of recording. Kerfoot, Matthews, and Marner. We obviously don't have to hype up Matthews and Marner. They're fucking phenomenal. Mikheyev, Tavares, and Andre Kasha due to draw in. Uh, Mikheyev had 32 points in 53 games, so not bad. Kasha 27 in 50. Obviously, injury troubles for both of them. And then John Tavares had 76 and 79. Third line, 35 points from Pierre Engvall. 26 from David Camp, 80 points with 34 goals from William Nylander. And the fourth line, Kyle Clifford, Colin Blackwell, and Wayne Simmons. The, well, let's scratch Jason Spezza line, because we're going to need toughness and grit. Yeah. And of course, Michael Bunting is currently out hurt. Endo, how do you feel about that as a Leafs fan? Jason Spets a scratch for game one in favor of Kyle Clifford because grit. I think the the way they're looking at it is I think they send a message and send a message like aggressively. Uh, from the games that I've seen uh, them play, I think I was able to watch the Arizona game with uh, Chalgren's first NHL game. Uh, and I was able to watch them play the Devils like in person. And this is that was when they had the yellow Drew jerseys, the the versatile whatever the fuck. Um, when I watched, I was able to watch the team play without Blackwell and Giordano. And Giro, like uh, those two players themselves, bring an extra level of grit and aggressiveness to that team. I see why they put Colin Blackwell in and they kept the Clifford and Simmons line, where their job is literally just to just to beat the crap. Out of Tampa Bay. That's that's the, all their job to do. Because when Wayne mm. Simmons is out there, he looks kind of out of place when he skates. That's something that 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 I've noticed and that Polina's noticed as well. We both went to the game. And I think just getting there to just be tough. I mean, then again, you look at the stats. Like, Simmons only has 16 points in 72 games. Uh, 20 points for Blackwall in 58. And then Clifford's got 4 and 25. You're not expecting this team to go out there and score goals. You're you're not expecting that line to go score goals. You're expecting them to hunker down, play play as defensive as you can, and hit people. That that's that's literally their job. 
if they can do that, then I'll be fine with Jason Spezza not playing in the game one. We'll see what happens game two. If they lose game two, they're going to have to change it up. Because once you go down one game in the series, especially Tampa Bay, back-to-back champions, you're going to want to change something up a little bit. Hope we can get Bunting back in to go back on the first line. But right now, this is what we got. Tampa's offense. Palat, Stamkos, Kucherov. Kucherov had 69 points in 47 games. Nice. Hagel, Sorelli, Point. Kalorn, Colton, Nick Paul. Maroon, Belmar, Perry. Belmar. Advantage, huh? advantage Tampa. Yeah. I'm sorry. Up and down the lineup, I have way more confidence in their overall depth. I'm sorry, but... You know, you're trusting right now the likes of Alex Kerfoot, Ilya Mikheyev, and Andre Kasha in your top six. When Tampa has, again, Palat, Stamkos, Kucherov, point. I got to give the advantage to Tampa there. And certainly the pressure is on Matthews and especially Mitch Marner to be able to find that offensive scoring touch because I I just can't view Toronto as having the edge on paper in that regard. So. Yeah. Now, if you add that in there as well. I think this is postseason, but I think if Mitch Marner does not get it started, I think there's going to be I'll be more point, more fingers pointing towards him, and I think there might be a trade. There might be a trade. The fact you're even having to bring this up yeah. <laughs> shows a lot of the mindset for a lot of Leafs fans. Honestly, heading into this. They're already the really waiting down there. They're waiting down there at the at the arena right now with pitchforks looking for Marner's head. Like it's like like it's 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 been a talking point for a while that Marner does not show up in the playoffs. But last year he also had the highest shots on net in the whole entire team. So it's just him not finishing. That's what it's been. Mm. He's been putting it on. He's putting effort in there, but just getting the puck in the net postseason hasn't found it yet. So now, actually, throw to you first. Your thoughts on the offensive comparison? I think it's a, I think it's a bit closer than you maybe are given the Leafs credit for. Um, oh, I, I think it's close, okay. but I, I can't give the Leafs the no, nod. No, yeah, you can't. I don't think you can give them yeah. the nod, but I think it's much, much closer. This, this isn't the same Tampa depth as we saw the last two years. You know, they've they went all in twice. They succeeded twice. They're a bit thinner. Um. That being said, they're three seed, probably for the majority of the reason is they're missing Kucherov for some time, you know. It's a tough one, but yeah, like, again, Toronto's still there. Hey, okay, cool, you got all this skill. What are you going to do with it? Tampa's already shown us. They, they'll, do, they'll, they'll do what they need to do. They're going to have guys down that lineup probably step up. Will, will Toronto? They're going to have to show us. The defense for the Leafs, Morgan Riley, Ilya Labushkin, Jake Muzzin, and TJ Brody, Giordano, and Liljegren. With Justin Hall apparently out of the lineup and Rasmus Sandin still hurt. For Tampa, Hedman and Ruda, McDonough and Chernock, Sergachev and Cal Foote. Who do you give the edge to in this one in terms of the defense? And is Victor Hedman the one that tips it into Tampa's favor, perhaps just a bit? Probably a bit, but that, that's probably more even than their forwards are. Uh, yeah, at least on paper, Toronto looks better now. It all depends on their defensive scheme and how their forwards actually help in that regard. So, 
We'll see. But they've still done a lot of lead blowing this year. And oh, you telling me? Yeah. So <laughs> and you, you know you know Tampa can come back and then you have to face fucking Vasilevsky, dude. And that was going to bring me to the goaltenders. A 9-14 save percentage in 49 games for Jack Campbell. A 9-17 for Vasilevsky. But the bottom line is Vasi has proven that he can get it done in the playoffs. Sin, I will throw to you first because Endo's the main event on this with his team being involved. How do you see this series going between Toronto and Tampa? Yeah, so it's tough. This is so tough. Honestly, I really think it goes six or seven. I, I would I, honestly, I, I want to say it's for sure going seven, but I'd never ever underestimate Toronto's fucking ability to blow shit. Um, <laughs> it, I, I, it should go to seven. These two teams are so fucking good. Um, they're so good, man, and it's a shame that they have to play each other in the first round. But that's the way shit's set up right now. Here's my thing: where I want to tie into the first one. If Toronto somehow make it by this, if Tampa just isn't doesn't have the magic anymore, and Toronto makes it through this, that second round matchup between them as Florida is, is going to be the most fun fucking playoff hockey you will ever see, ever see. No defense needed. No, it's going to be exciting <laughs> as shit. I don't know who wins that because we're not even going to talk about it. If Capitals by some miracle beat Florida, and you know. Toronto beats Tampa. Toronto's guaranteed to make the conference finals at that point. I think they're gonna they would beat Capitals, but that doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, it's it's. It, it, I think it has to kind of go seven, and I would love, love, love to give the edge to Toronto to make it out. I really don't know who to choose though. It's tough. I, I just if I'm going, if I gotta stick with my gut, I say. Tampa Bay beats him because Vasilevsky. If it gets to that game seven, Vasilevsky's shutting you out. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The reason why I've talked so much about the teams that are close and is it the X factors that push them over the edge is because I think Tampa probably has more X factors in their lineup. And I think this is going to go six or seven. And I, I can't do it. I am... Actively rooting for the Toronto Maple Leafs to win this round. Actively. I am picking Tampa. Yeah. Have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to. The fun pick is Toronto. I'd like to see it happen one way or another. Tampa, I mean, again, there are some people that think I have something against Tampa because of my opinions on their decision to hold a parade before a vaccine was available two years ago. I like the Tampa Bay Lightning a ton. The team is unbelievable. I respect the hell out of the star players on that team. I respect the hell out of the management group that has put this team together and kept this team together and as strong of a shape as they've been since Steve Eiserman left. But I want a new Stanley Cup champion. You know? Like, I don't even care if it's Boston. I just want to see somebody new and preferably somebody that I've never seen win. So, like, no disrespect to the likes of of Washington or St. Louis, but at the same time, or you know, I want to see someone who hasn't won in a long time win, or someone as a first time winner. You know what I find absurd? What's that? Vasilevsky is twenty seven years old. <laughs> he's won yeah. two fucking cups, and he's only twenty seven, dude. Yeah, he's also, like he's what, a year older than Thatcher Demko. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I think the crazy real. part about that is like, like. Vasilevsky joined the league like he was 18. 
Well, he was drafted first like round, wasn't he? he? I remember he yeah. came, came in for relief for Bishop once in the playoffs. He was a first round pick, 19th overall, 10 years ago this year. Mm-hmm. Fucking worth it. Yeah. Very rarely I'll say it's worth to take a goalie in the first round, but your Mark Andre mm. Fleur, Andre Vasilevsky, 100% worth it. And no Mills, I said you were the main event. I want your your honest opinion as a Leafs fan on how you think this is going to go. It's been a pessimistic season for you, and a matchup like this does not really help, I'm sure. How you feeling? All right, so uh, everyone's been waiting a year, basically, of hockey for me to have my final take because I've, the whole entire year I've been saying, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs, whatever, but what are we going to do on the first round? God has given me... Or whatever being... The hockey god has given me the worst opportunity ever. Alright, you want to talk your shit? Alright, go up against the double... The back-to-back champions. Have fun. Deal with it. Whatever. See ya. Uh, do not pass go. And do not click $200. And... Is that 200 Canadian dollars? I'm just trying to figure yeah, out if so I gotta like if one, I gotta break like out a I gotta break out a tenner out of my wallet or what? <laughs> it's like 150. Fucking conversion rates, man. They get you every time. <laughs> That's why I work with Canadians, so I can save a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I can make a little bit. I can make a little bit more. <laughs> oh God, it's great. Um, man, I don't know where this is gonna go. I think it's gonna be like a, a one team in one or one team in the other. because uh, I don't think it's gonna be. I think Leafs in seven, Tampa Bay in six, and the reason why I say mm. that. It's because this okay. fucking this fucking team loves to like they love playing from behind and catching up. That's the one thing that I love that they love to do. And so give them the perfect opportunity. Take them to game seven again because they fucking love game seven. How many game sevens have we had so far in the past like five years? One too oh many. My God. Don't even check the number. Fuck you. Don't check the number. Don't check the number. <laughs> I know it's I'm like the last it. five years is like four. It's like four of them. It's ridiculous. Oh my God. And you know what's great about so, this? They can't disappoint me on my birthday this year because they play on the 12th and the 14th. They can't disappoint me on my birthday again. That was the worst birthday present ever. When we blew it, when we fucking blew it. Get the popcorn, boys. When we fucking blew it against the Bruins and James Reimer was absolutely shit that one game when Nazem Kadri finally put the puck in the net. Yeah, that's right. He finally did his job. And just absolutely... This is something that's been in my heart for like seven years. Was it let's say like nine years since that happened? Whatever. Yeah. Okay. We're good. We're cool. Leafs in seven, lightning in six. Cut, print, put on a fucking shirt. There we go. The Leaf seasons, by the way. Obviously. 2012-13, game seven loss to the Bruins. 2017, six to the Caps. 2018, 7 to the Bruins. 2019, 7 to the Bruins. 2020, uh, technically Game 7 to the Blue Jackets. It was a best of 5, and they lost in 5. And then last year, Game 7 to the Habs. They've had one series. They've had one series in the past decade not go to 7, and it still went 6. Wow. (laughs) Life is pain. I hope 
two weeks from now, we're sitting here talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs in round two. I genuinely do. I do. I, I won't homer so either. I'm just letting you guys know. If, if we do do it, I'm not going to be like, yeah, we fucking did it. No, I'm going to be like, yeah, we fucking did it. About fucking time. Woo, yeah. You say that now, great. but I guarantee you. You say that now, I yeah. I guarantee <laughs> you when they make it out of that first round, dude. I was like, I it, was like, at, when the Sharks made it to the cup, I was like, this is, yeah, I was like, oh, they you made it to fucking the make it all the way there. I know, but here's the thing, we also, 10 to 15 years, Endo, 10 to 15 years of what you're going through right now, and is what I went through with the Sharks, before we make I will say this, you will have that moment of fanboying out like a small child again. Yeah, then you'll come back to it. And then in in record time, oh fuck, but we're going to lose in round two. Yeah, we're not making out of round two, that's for sure, are you kidding me? (laughs) You kidding me? The only and way we make it out of round two is if we don't play the Panthers. If we if we were able to clear both of those teams, if we were, if we were able to clear Tampa and Florida, there God is dead. If we get through both Tampa, both Florida teams, and go to, a, to the conference final, some this is a simulation. We are living NHL twenty two. Our next matchup. The Carolina Hurricanes and the Boston Bruins. Get Boston. Fucking Boston. God, I hate that fucking uh, Ken Craft video with a guy going, Bruins! Oh, with a stick. I hate that with a fucking passion. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. They post it every fucking year. I do. I don't know if I've ever seen <laughs> I it. I hate it. He's tapping oh. his stick like he's on the fucking fourth line. Shut the fuck up. God, yeah, we'll have to. Uh, I'll have to find it. Well, well I found. I found, Literally found it already. If you search on YouTube, Bruins guy, <laughs> literally just Bruins guy. Right, it's on. the top one. I have been asked on seventeen different occasions if that's me. By the way, uh, <laughs> Bruins guy. It's a short, right? Oh yeah, it's like 17 seconds. It's which is perfect because 2013, baby. Woo! Um, yeah. Look, while Sin laughs his ass off at Bruins guy, there it is. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I hate it. He's the biggest fucking homer. He's like with the hat going. I'm like, who are you hyping up? Bruins. Bruins. <laughs> you know, boys, I'm thanking you very much for delaying my my misery here and my suffering. Uh, let's be honest, the Carolina Hurricanes spanked the Bruins all season long. Yeah. Heading into this matchup, the Hurricanes look like this. Svechnikov, Aho, Jarvis, which is scary. Aho led the team with 81 points in 79 games, though. It's kind of surprising their offense is that spread out. Domi, Trocek, Teravainen, pretty good. Niederreiter, Stahl, Fast, Martinuk, Kakaniemi, Martin Natchez. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. For the Bruins, Marshawn, Bergeron, DeBrusque, Hall, Halla, Pasternak, Frederick Coyle, Smith, Folino, Noshik, Lazar. I feel like this offensive matchup is close. If you wanted to give the edge to one team over the other, sure. Call me a homer. I feel like it's close. You're a homer. 
I feel like there's a bit more of a gap. You're a fucking homer. (laughs) I think there's a bit more of the gap. Um, The thing that does it for me is that Bruins just have more question marks overall. Let me say, the Bruins have four 60-point getters. The Hurricanes only have two. And they're both on the top line. Yeah, okay. That's that is fair. Alright, that's that's fair. Okay. You know what? Yeah, that's okay. Alright, it is closer. If it wasn't for Marshawn Bergeron, Pasternak is and granted they're not even a line anymore. But they're still, to me, the X factor in this series are the big three for Boston. I'll make my overall point after we hear all the lineups then, because my overall okay. point will include all the lineups. Defensively <laughs> for the side. Hurricanes. That fucking side. <laughs> oh my god. Slavin and D'Angelo. Brady Shea and Brett Pesci. Mm. Brendan Smith and Ian Cole. So Slavin and D'Angelo. Slavin 42 points. D'Angelo with 51 in only 64 games. Again, never a question of his on ice talents, just the off ice stuff. He's a dude. Brady Shea. He's good at his job. Wow. Hmm. Brady Shea, 39 points this year. Pesci had 28. And then, you know, Smith and Cole are more defensive options. For the Bruins, Hoppus Lindholm. And the best defenseman on either side in this series, Charlie McAvoy. Matt Grizzlick and Brandon Carlo. Derek Forbert and Connor Clifton. Much to my chagrin, and I think it's a gigantic mistake, Mike Riley potentially not starting this series. Which I think is a horrible fucking decision, but I'm just an analytic soy boy who needs to grow up. I don't, I don't fucking know. I'm trying to beat some people to the punch on that. And then the goaltenders. Uh, right now, I don't know if Freddie Anderson is fully healthy. Uh, Cap Friendly does not have him listed as fully healthy. And the update an hour ago from Emily Kaplan... Anderson has a knee sprain with no structural damage. He is practicing. Unlikely he'll be ready for game two. So, at the very least, they're rolling with Auntie Ranta, who had a 9-12 save percentage in 28 games. Uh, and likely, I think it'll be Linus Allmark, hmm. who had a 9-17 in 41 games. Swayman behind him had a 9-14. I forgot about the Anderson. Yeah, and I mean, Freddie Anderson had a 9-22 save percentage in 52 games yeah. this, this season. Yeah, Best goaltender in the series if he's healthy. Exactly. If he's healthy. And yeah, like going back to his leave tenure, he was great when he was healthy. When he's playing through injuries and overplayed, he wasn't good. Yeah, but also Carolina's system is much, much, much better for goaltenders than losses. Oh, uh, oh yeah. But yeah, no, if he's healthy, if he was healthy to start the series, it's unquestioningly for me that Carolina wins. I still think they win. And the reason being is that the X factors or the questions. Here's the question marks I have for Boston. Goaltender. Proven? No. I mean, yeah. Allmark was formerly with the boss, uh, with the Buffalo yeah, Sabres. Like he's been you know, it's his first solid, year in Boston. But Swayman's 23. Yeah, a lot to live up to. Uh, 2C. Hallow was good down the stretch. Can yep. he do that against a Carolina Hurricanes team who is incredibly shut down and yeah. They're all you know him. that's how I feel. Yeah. Like, he was really fucking good after the trade deadline. He really was. But like you said, and like we've said about other players, can you do that in the playoffs? He had uh, eight points in his last ten games, four in his last five to end the season. Really good run. 
but I can't blame someone for seeing Eric Hall a 2C, even if he's between Taylor Hall and David Posternock. I can't blame someone for looking at that and just being like, ugh. Like, yeah. It's, you know, we, we called out Freddie Goodrow, who had a similar point total. We got to look at Eric Hall, you know? Yeah, and here's another thing I'll say. Um, DeBrusque, the whole requesting trade thing, how how behind in the uh, is that for everyone? I hope it is. Um, but mm. when you don't have a close room, that can put a damper on things. That's that's a very kind of tiny detail that we're not then we can only speculate on. But I'll just raise that as a question. And my last X factor is Rod Brindamore coaches the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh huh. <laughs> that's that's what I thought you were going to bring up when you were talking about defensive systems a few moments ago. If you look at these forward groups, you know I think reasonably you can pick one side or the other. It's close. It's not slam dunk. This side's yeah, better than the other. I would, say, I would agree. Defensively, I think it's also close. If you want to pick Carolina, I can't say you're wrong. Goaltending-wise. They like have wise, six top four guys. Like, when I think of Carolina, they essentially, like, almost have six guys who could play top four minutes. Like, really mm. solid. Like, Boston has that true top two, but I don't feel like they have the same mm. amount of depth. But it is good. Like, not great. Good. And if Freddie Anderson was healthy, you give goaltending to Carolina on paper, but he's not. Yeah. So Closer close, close, close. Brindavore versus Cassidy. Yeah. Bruins in seven. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah you got to go for it. I, I don't, I don't hate you for it. I think for sure. You know, I was gonna say initially, I was like maybe five or six for Carolina. This might be the shortest series, and I'm sorry, Tugi, but just the way they kicked I, your ass all year. But with Anderson I don't blame being you. out. I'm definitely yeah. more on board with a six or seven. I, I'm still giving the edge to Carolina, though. That is the only reason why I am not an extreme pessimist right now, yeah. is that Freddie Anderson's not healthy. He's missing at least two games, and Auntie Ranta had, doesn't have the cleanest bill of health either. What happens if he goes no. down? Holy shit. Uh, if he goes down, it is Nettokovic. Peter oh, wait. Kachekov, Kachekov, who... Uh, is the 22-year-old Russian prospect. Three games played this year with a 9.02 save percentage. Uh, in the AHL, though, he has a 9.21 in 15 games. Also played in the KHL this year with a 9.26 in 23 games. So, uh, really, really good KHL-level goalie. Looks to be a solid AHL-level goalie, but you're talking about a 22-year-old maybe having to step up if something were to happen to Ranta in the first two games, which I'm not rooting for, but it is a possibility. Yeah, and they said Anderson alluded towards. at least missing two. So, like, or saying unlikely he'll be back Unlike, for game. Emily Kaplan said unlikely for game two okay. for Freddie Anderson. So, yeah, he'd probably be back by three or four minimum. Still, like, right. that's, that's, that's a window of opportunity that... Unfortunately, they'll, they'll be on the road, Boston. But I mean, I don't. I can't imagine Carolina being the hardest building to play in. I haven't heard anything, but who knows? Who the fuck? We'll knows? see tonight. <laughs> the game starts with that atmosphere. Is like, uh, you know, if Endo, Endo, if you wanted to pick Carolina too, I can't blame you. I don't obviously have the utmost confidence in the in the Boston pick, but I, even though it could happen. Man, if the Bruins were to lose this in four or five, I'd be super disappointed because I think they're better than that. If you lose to them in six or seven, sure, but this should be a long series. Yeah, I agree. The teams are a lot more closer matched than we thought. It's going to come down to basically, I want to say, who wants it more. 
but that's basically what it's gonna that's when it's gonna be uh are are boston gonna come back and just power through or carolina gonna hold off well enough so that way freddie comes back for at least game three because he's, he's questionable for game two he could be back for game three and that that's basically what it's gonna be what's gonna be for me and i think i still think carolina's gonna take it though Our final head-to-head first-round matchup. Tortugi finds two new co-hosts. <laughs> yeah, yep. we'll uh, we'll move on. Um, we'll we'll see. I don't know. We can we can put feelers out there. <laughs> I, I got I got some people in mind. <laughs> we got we got a short list just. Yeah, in how case. about how about Boston Bruins guy? <laughs> <laughs> My brother. <Bruins! laughs> We'll bring him in. <laughs> Welcome to the Bruins podcast. Oh. <laughs> we have a built-in intro song. It's there great. Are, yeah. Our final uh, head-to-head matchup in the opening round, the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Closest one. You know it might be. In talking about the forwards for the Rangers, Chris Kreider, 52 goals. 52. With Mika Zibanejad, point per game at 81 and 81. And deadline pickup Frank Vetrano. Apparently slotting in. He's been a really good pickup for them. He's fit in very, very well. Second line, Panarin, Strom, and Andrew Kopp. Kopp's been amazing, too. That's a really, really good second line. When our Tammy Panarin can afford to be on your second line. I think that says it all. Mm-hmm. And then it gets interesting for the Rangers, doesn't it? Third line, Lafreniere, 31 points. Filipito with 22. Capo Caco with 18 and 43 games played. And a fourth line of the $3.6 million man, Barclay Goodrow, who had 33 points. Kevin Rooney, who had 12 and 61. And Ryan Reeves. Compare this to the Penguins' offense of Gensel, Crosby, Rust, Heinen, Malkin, Raquel, McGinn, Carter, Kapanen, Boyle, Bluger, Rodriguez. There is no doubt that the overall depth goes to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Absolutely. So heavily. Yeah. It's very even across the board um, in terms of just firepower and willingness and I, want, I love saying the word grit, but grit. The average age of the Rangers' third line is 21 years old. And you're throwing them into a playoff situation where they have to be the first line of support behind your big six. As opposed to the Penguins that have Brock McGinn, Jeff Carter, and Kasperi Kapanen in that role. Yeah. <laughs> this is why all season long, Rangers fans, I've said, like, I just, I, I just can't. Like, I can't have confidence in this team until they win a round. Yeah. I can't. I don't think they do it. I, 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 I simply don't. Like, I, I'd be willing to give my prediction now, but let's, uh, <laughs> let's keep going with the, uh, with the, with, with the, the numbers here. here. Yeah. Rangers defense, Adam Fox, Ryan Lindgren. Great pairing. Mm-hmm. Lindgren obviously works very well to let Adam Fox do what he does. 22 year old Keandre Miller with Jacob Truba. And then Patrick Nemeth alongside 20-year-old Braden Schneider. Um, with Justin Braun, apparently, despite being a deadline pickup, uh, projected as a scratch. Nils Lundqvist as well. 
Um, should also note scratches for the Rangers like Dryden Hunt, Julian Gauthier, Tyler Mott's hurt. That doesn't really help. Those are uh, and of course uh, for the Penguins, the defense: Brian Dumoulin and Chris Letang, Marcus Pedersen, John Marino, Mike Matheson, Chad Ruedel. Much better. Uh, with yeah, and I should note for the uh, Penguins too: Jason Zucker is uh, currently not listed in that lineup. But oh could right, be. yeah, yeah. So I mean, Jesus. And if there were any other examples of like, oh well, you've this guy was a depth guy and you missed it. Apologies. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of players right now who are trying to get back that might not be 100%. So it's a constantly evolving situation. Yeah. And then the goaltenders. Igor Shesterkin is the biggest X factor of them all yep. for the New York Rangers. 935 save percentage, slam dunk Vesna winner. Legitimate heart candidate this season. Against Tristan Jari, presumably. Yeah. Because much like Freddie Anderson heading into the playoffs, not exactly being 100%. It looks like he is going to miss, actually, uh, the start of the playoffs. Potentially game one and two, he could be out for, meaning that Casey DeSmith and his 914 save percentage would be the starter. Is that the opening the Rangers need? To get this done, hopefully in quick order. No. I mean, yes, but they're not going to. Um, like, Igor, he could go off, but this Penguin, like, it's still Crosby Malkin's Penguins, man. It still is a Crosby Malkin's Penguins team, and the depth of New York is absolute dog shit. You need good depth to go far in the playoffs. You, you, you simply do. I... Yeah, I don't see it. I I don't know. Shostakin could carry, but how many times would we see Lungfus carry? And that team always came up short because they didn't have enough. Mm. This Rangers team yeah. doesn't have enough. They're too young in places where they can't afford to be in their depth roles. Like you can't really rely on those young guys in depth roles to step up in big moments. That's why when you look at the Blackhawks teams during their dynasty, they always had older guys and in those depth roles, all their young guys were in their top. You know. I, I don't know. I think it could go the distance simply because Shesterkin could absolutely go off and because of the aforementioned reasons, but I would, I'm guessing pens in seven. I look at this and, you know, I, much like the Leafs, I am rooting for the New York Rangers. I want a team that has not won recently to do well. I have nothing against the Penguins, I honestly, like, I root... If the Bruins can't find success, I root for moments or moments of greatness. Yeah. Sidney Crosby winning a fourth cup? Holy hell, man. Oh, my God. Like, like, I like I can't root against that in a sense. If they get further... At the same time... Like, if they get further, then you can start rooting for it, but you're not going to start right. off rooting for that, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I'm rooting for the Rangers in this one... But much like the Leafs, I cannot pick them out of the gates. I think I got to go with Pittsburgh, and I hope that the Rangers prove me wrong. I really, really do. Endo. How many games do you think? You're. Oh, fuck. It's so uh, tough to predict that. I hate it. Like, every game can be so close, and it could be a one goal game and get swept. I'd be shocked if it. Uh, it's got to go six or seven. Yeah, that's. Not... I'd be shocked if it ended in four or five. Absolutely shocked. Yeah. Either way. Endo, how do you view it? 
Yeah, um, I'm gonna go New York in six. Just goaltending is there. Uh, they don't. They aren't really missing too many assets in terms of uh, players out through injury. You're missing Sammy Belay, but like he's the only missed like what, like barely any games at all hmm. of any. And I think it's, they're just gonna they're just gonna take it. Um, you could have like oh what you'd have like playoff Crosby, but playoff Crosby can't do it on his own. He can make everyone else look great, with, as he's done his whole entire career. But can he help carry a team like this in the playoffs? And he's done it before, but the guy's 34 now, right? Yeah. So with that, are we good? Yeah. I think we're good for the first round. Yeah. As crazy as it is, uh, we would go beyond it, but what's the point in debating a hypothetical series, of course? makes no sense. I already did enough of that when I was talking about the situation. That said, uh, again, it might not be too late by the time this podcast is out. Our bracket challenge, though, is out there and available. Uh, a link is on my Twitter. It's also in the, uh, the the comment section of my most recent video on YouTube, uh, which was our uh, 2022 playoff simulation on NHL 22. An interesting winner in that one. You'll have to check that out. So make sure to get involved if you care to. We will be back this Friday with plenty of of playoff action to talk about. First few games of each series should be in the books, and uh, we'll see how opinions have changed at that point in time in just a few short days, how quickly expectations can be changed. Endo Mills, your thoughts, your opinions, your, your, your things going on right now. What are you up to? I make videos for you, um, and I stream on Twitch. That's what I do. That's what I've been doing. Um, actually, <clears throat> I have a question for everyone just listening. Um, if you have any weird games that you suggest for me to play, DM me uh, at Endo Mills um, or just post on Twitter or whatever. Uh, let me know what games you, you obscure games you have that you want me to play. Not even just to watch, just to, just to like, oh, here's a game I played. It's like, it's kind of cool or whatever. Just give me that because I'm trying to play other stuff besides playing sports games because. I want to enjoy my life and uh, sports games. Not really doing it for me right now. Uh, so yeah, DM me uh, at Endo Mills on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's what I want to do. Play games other than sports. Except for NHL 2K10. Mm-hmm. The exception. Fucking elite, dude. I love that game. Fucking to the cult. rule. <laughs> we we got to make merch of that. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Of beautiful thing. Sin, as always, what do you got going on, buddy, as we wind down this show? Yeah, I am, uh, I, I, I have official release date for my single now. It'll be coming out on May 14th, uh, one day after Endo's birthday, uh, hey. but w- a full week after my birth. I believe hey. that's a Saturday. Um, very, very excited to be dropping that. So definitely, uh, shoot me a follow on Instagram at Paul Cinders and you can follow me or follow my, I don't know how Spotify works. Look me up on Spotify, Paul Cinders. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, fall, yeah, I got a Twitter that I'm barely on and I, I make <laughs> hockey videos still on YouTube. That's in for the win production. So there you go. There you go. Everybody at 2K24, as I'm sure you know, at this point, again, we will be back this Friday. Enjoy some playoff hockey. And we'll see you later on this week.